0: Hello, horny family. Episode number three of the Horny Deer Sense podcast. This episode, we've got the owner of Forest Wildlife Solutions, Bruce Swearingen, with us. And man, I, I, I absolutely love this guy. I wanted to have him on because really just their reputation in the industry in general. But, you know, just seeing picture after picture of these big healthy deer posted with their products... Uh, I, I just want to connect and learn more and we do spend a good amount of time talking about different products and Bruce goes into some detail as far as how to get the best results but at some point it was just like hanging out with an old friend and uh, you, if we hadn't cut the conversation I would probably still be gone he's, he's just one of those types of people but I enjoyed the hell out of connecting with him and I hope you enjoy the podcast welcome to the horny deer sense podcast i'm your host founder of horny deer sense scott pratt in this podcast we connect with personalities across the outdoors sharing hunting tips reliving old hunting memories and discussing life in general our goal as a podcast and as a company is to bring new hunters into this great lifestyle and to help keep the ones that we've got so settle in hang out with us for a little while on the horny deer sense podcast All right, I think we're recording. Uh, Bruce Swearingen, welcome to the house of Horny. Yeah, man. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> Appreciate you carving out some time. Uh, yeah. Leading up to season, just in everything that you guys do it for us, wildlife, uh, have you had a chance to breathe yet?
1: We're starting to slow down a little bit. Um, believe it or not, deer season is actually our or leading up to our slowest season because we're just doing reorders with stores and you know all the initial pre-order stuff has went out and our 20 percent you know growth pellet season is over with and guys are doing the maintenance blend winter stabilizer and stuff so it's um you know seed season's over which is mass chaos because all our seasons collide with pellet season still going and starting to ship to stores mid-summer and um seed season rolling so we we're taking a breath now and catching up on things we've not had a chance to or things that got neglected so
0: have you had a chance to get in the woods yet
1: yeah i've been a few times Yeah, it's been it's been nice it's still having to rush to make that happen right now but that'll that'll get a little better when the season goes on
0: so for everybody that's listening i know the the brand forest wildlife it's it's very well known as far as the the quality products and everything that you guys put out but as far as you tell us about you, I know, uh, just following your Instagram account, uh, you know, got to get a little insight into your family and stuff. Just uh, the area that you guys are in there in Georgia. Have you always been there?
1: Just who's Bruce? Yeah. Um, we're in Reynolds, Georgia, which is kind of right between Columbus and Macon, Georgia, central Georgia. Um, Is that
0: close to Thomaston?
1: We're about 30 five miles south of Thomaston. I'll be there in right about two
0: weeks. We got a annual hunt that we go on down there.
1: Oh yeah. Come by check us
0: out, man. Hey, I may do that. No joke. Especially it seems like every time we're down there it's either really, really hot or really, really cold. So if it's it's really, really hot this time, we might uh swing down there one afternoon and check it out.
1: Yeah, I mean there's one of the biggest gun shops in the states right there in, in Butler, Georgia. Um bear guns i mean they're you'd be coming right through butler to come to us um you can swing in there and check them out and um it's a pretty neat gun shop but um <laughs> yeah but yeah I, i've been right here on this farm my whole life um me and my wife i have twin girls that are 19 years old and um been been on the farm literally living here and, and, and working here you know most all of my life been on the farm all my life and um just love the area. You know, we have a lot of guys that come in from out of town, from Florida or, or, or north that come here to hunt. And, and the area we're in, people end up buying land or buying houses. And it's just a really, really neat area. Um, we're in a great area, of like, for for sales and stuff because you got so many out-of-town guys coming in here. It's just a big hub um, for for talking to these guys and educating them on what's going on in the area as far as the hunting tactics or whatever that is and, and also providing all the products you need, you know, well,
0: and I'm glad you mentioned the the educational part of what you do, because you know, even in going back and prepping for this podcast, really digging into what it is you actually do. There's so much that I personally need to learn about when it comes to the nutrition and everything to be able to uh, really take your deer herd to the next level and mm-hmm. looking at you guys. I guess the most impressive part was just all the study and everything that goes into every product that you put out. Like it's not something that's done on a whim. You've got it out in the field, you're testing it. Uh, but backing up even further than that, the way that you guys got started (laughs) that, and I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to read off of the website. I'd actually like to hear you talk about it (laughs) because, uh, when I was reading it, it just, you know, it caught me by surprise a little bit, but you just never know how somebody falls into a, a given situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, we really, I hadn't honestly looked at what's on the website in quite a while. Um, just staying so wrapped up is kind of one of them weird deals that exist. And um, a lot of times, uh, Scott will he handles the media and stuff and he'll he'll have things on the website. That's a suggestion that we had, you know, that might, show up there that i might not have even read yet but but basically the um the start was we had a lot of cattle when i was growing up and had a uh, you know pretty pretty good foundation of real world nutrition um with livestock and being an avid hunter forever i really wanted to try to push our deer and grow bigger deer and I got looking around at these products and it was just really sad to see that there was a lot of stuff that was a 25 cent product in a 20 dollar bag and Um, we kind of set out to change that and really didn't get into this and make a living. Let's start out.
0: You're, you're actually uh, coming up with feed plans for cattle and goats. That's what you guys were doing initially,
1: right? Well, pretty much. I mean, when we had, we had at one time about 1500 head of registered pole Hereford's and I was, when I say we, I was very small. So I, when we had the big bulk of cows, I was, I was too small to know any different, but grew up in it just the same. And then when I got a little older, you know, we still had a lot, but not those amounts, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you knew a pretty good bit about feed ingredients and vitamin and mineral ingredients and what works and what's palatable and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we kind of wanted to bring things to the local market that, that worked for us, that were real deal things and just, support what we were trying to do more than make a living and um so so we did and guys around started paying attention to what we were doing and i was able to grow bigger deer on some land that was maybe marginal alongside of what some other guys had and people started paying attention asking hey can you do that for me and we took off from there and started one product and started looking at other products and, and fixing things that we saw wrong you know like the you know we're known as 4s wildlife but the real name of the company is advanced wildlife solutions and you know, that word solution, we try to find a solution to problems we see and, and try to fix them. And, uh, you know, if it, if it creates something that's more expensive, we try to figure out a way to fix the expense by not making a cheaper product, you know, whether it's volume or different types of packaging or, or whatever like that. And this man it has been, it's been incredible so far. And it's something really, really easy to stand behind and be proud of when you know you're not uh, doing anybody wrong and doing the best you can, you know. Yeah. Well, in the space that
0: you're in, you know, it's very difficult uh, to, I guess, interpret a lot of the uh, the jargon, I guess you would say, as far as when you get into the specifics as what a product does, but in going through your brochure, you know, when you, you guys are talking about how processors in certain areas, you know, they, they can tell when a deer yeah. has come off a piece of property that involves your product. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm not a biologist. Uh, you know, I, I can't speak a lot of the lingo in, involved as far as what you guys do, but you can judge results when a processor says, you know, look how much more fat this deer has on it than the deer that was, you know, come from up the road.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We've got a farm. I talked to a little while back. This is that's actually a fenced farm and, they said where they take their deer to get processed. They don't even have to tag them anymore and say where they came from. The no kidding. Can tell. Yeah. Processor can tell they came off of their farm. And I, I think that's where a lot of people get misled on some of this stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of guys that are really under the mindset that, you know, you can feed something for, you know, three days and all of a sudden you got a 180 or force some attracting out. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, I mean, where your product, you can attract deer in the area that are already big. You know, where this is kind of different. I mean, you might be trying to attract some with something we have, but, um, you know, to us, it really boils down to health. I mean, when you're trying to give them something to grow them, I think that's one thing that guys forget is this. Although we do some really outside of box things with probiotics and prebiotics and things like that, it still boils down to herd health. Um, You know, the healthier animal is, normally the bigger they're going to be. I mean, we've got all kind of tricks up our sleeve that we do that kind of push um you know push them a little harder that we don't see some some guys do it and, and maybe some are but i think that a lot of people are confused about that that there's there's not a lot of magic you know right <laughs> i mean there's, there's a lot of doing it right but everybody's looking for that magic pill or bullet and it's just really about making them healthy you know
0: oh yeah well and it's a it's a it's a process but just dipping into it in the last couple of years it's an incredibly rewarding process, like. Just to, to be able to put eyes on a deer and see that accelerated growth from what you had seen. I know, so yeah. we're just a little over a year old now. Uh, we're still in very much the, the infancy stage of our business. But we do get a number of people that contact us when using our product works out. And oh man, that's funny. That, that's what I was about to bring up. Like you, you guys, you've been in this since what 2008 or so. So you, you've been out there a little while. Does that ever get old? Cause, no, I
1: had three today actually. Uh, um, that's the I, best feeling ever. Yeah, I had three different ones today, and one of them was a kid that um actually a store owner um had sent me a text saying that the kid had bought the new product we have, Corn Spike. Him and his daddy were. In his store and within two hours of leaving the store he had killed his first buck um and it was you know the good deer really good deer and man it yeah it just doesn't get old. i mean it's just nice
0: you are forever attached
1: to that kid's memory yeah
0: like it's a very real impact in his situation and and when we got into this it, it kind of it didn't happen immediately uh you know me and my brother were and i don't remember which chain store it was but it was one of the bigger ones, but it was like April, May of that year and they had dough and estrus on the shelf. And, uh, I looked at him and I was like, ah, some poor bastards going to buy this this fall, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. I wonder about that so much all the time. Yep. Well
0: then it hit me, Bruce. Like, wait a minute. I've been that poor bastard so <laughs> yeah. many, so many times, you know? So Everybody it didn't have, has, yeah. Oh yeah, well you just you don't think about it. You sit on the yeah. shelf. Uh, I actually, and I won't mention the store, but it's somewhere that we're carried. Uh, the gentleman told us that he had bottles ranging from three to six years old. Good Lord! Uh, oh yeah, but it didn't happen immediately. It was kind of down the road when we're kind of looking at ways, you know, that we could, you know, get into uh, more just working and having our lifestyle uh, go together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it kind of came about that way. Uh, but when we were talking about it, the part of people actually having success in, uh, like we had a, a, a family, our first trade show was in Iowa this, this past March, the weekend that, that COVID really hit. So everybody was paranoid as hell, which we had hand sanitizer on the table, but we met a, a family up there, the Berkeley family. And just great, great people that just that area of the country, just phenomenal people. But we get a, a Facebook message from Lucas Berkeley uh, a little over a week ago, and he's got just this absolute monster. And he says, i never would have been able to get him had it not been for your product. Nice. There, he had changed stand locations because of the wind. And so when he was walking to the other stand, he, uh, had a, a wick dragging behind him with some dough and esters. He said he didn't know if it was going to work. It was a little early in the season, but the, the buck actually came out and was headed to a bean field and caught his trail that he had laid down and come and stood 19 yards in front. And, and he's just an absolute beast of an animal, but. That's it's, awesome. not, it's not the same feeling as taking that deer, but it's pretty damn good. But, oh yeah,
1: man. I love leaving everybody else's stories and it's great.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's something that we didn't really think about, you know, we're thinking, yeah. hell yeah, it, it's fresh. It's it's going to work. They're going to see what we see, but to have people come back and say you played a part, like just knowing that that deer that's on his wall you know, in the in the kid that shot the deer that you were we were talking about, every time he thinks about that, he's going to think about your product. And I, there's not a price you can put on it. It's just cool as
1: hell. Oh yeah, I mean it is. I I love hearing all that stuff. I mean it's it's um it's definitely rewarding. I mean to live it that way and, and live through these guys that are doing it and knowing what you're doing, is making a difference because it's definitely definitely nice to go to work and and, and feel good about it. Um, but yeah. I know what you mean about it, each week. We drive ourselves nuts with age. I mean, you know, aging of products. I right. mean, we're I'm horrible about it. I mean, I we there's dates written everywhere, and you know, walls of warehouses and boxes and keeping up with age and rotating out stock. Because I just we just don't we don't ever let anything get old. I mean, I'm just not going to do it. I, I think that's the downfall of a lot of products. So they that's you know, yeah. You just
0: nailed it, and mm-hmm. that. Going back to that, we have a little spot on our bottles. It's very simple. We don't do anything crazy, but it does have a bottle date. And the stores that carry us, whatever they don't sell the next year, we pick that up and replace it with fresh at no charge. That's
1: nice. Dealers dealers love that, and the customers are happy. You know, everybody wins. You know.
0: that's, that's the thing, you know, uh, just everybody winning in, uh, it doesn't take much to differentiate when it comes to that. And just looking at what you guys have done, which I, the, I guess the first product I used of y'alls was the antler addict yeah. and Oh, in, incredible. I'm talking almost immediately. They had found it, which is, you know, it surprised me a little bit for, a mineral post that I have put up. Um, but looking at the rest of what you guys have put out, the corn spike, we started using that had great results. Uh, I think one of my favorite ones, and it's one of those that you look at and think why the hell didn't I think about that was your block elevator. Yeah. (laughs) Who was the father (laughs) of the block elevator? That was, that that was damn genius. That
1: thing is really cool. We had a, uh, we had one we did in the past that actually held three blocks. That was like an upside down PEV dispenser. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really neat. What that like. Yeah. I mean, it was cool, but we just, I, I let our sales guys and stuff talk us into debuting that thing at the ATA. Um, two or three years ago, I guess I on wanted the little highlight deals where you that's in the, in the uh, aisle out there, you know, where you right. pay an extra whatever. And, they display it right there. And we had this big, nice sign. And i was tell them the whole time, you know, we're not ready. Somebody's going to swipe that thing. And sure enough, I, I, two or three companies started making one <laughs> right right after. I mean, I even had one company, um, I was talking to them on the phone and they flat out admitted it. They were like, man, we're not going to lie. We love that thing so much. We totally. really, Yeah. Which they had the power to get the steel down cheaper. I mean, we, we have power in you know commodities and feeds and stuff like that, but we don't we don't have any power when it comes to steel and sheet metal and all that. And they just they robbed it. I mean, it's uh, – oh, that's awful. It, 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 yeah, which I don't with that particular one. I don't think we'd win anywhere anyway. We just couldn't get our prices right. I mean, that was one that just I don't know. an idea sounds like it was neat. Uh, it was it was really cool. But um, but yeah, we we've, we've had some fun doing some products. We've got a bunch a bunch of new stuff rattling around in our heads. We're almost scared to attempt them because we've got so much going on with what we're doing now and growing so fast. I just don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't want to live that analogy where, you know, people say you got a pasture that'll hold a hundred cows, but you put 101, Absolutely. you know, they're, you know, they're not just the ones going to starve, all of them are going to starve. You know, I don't, I don't want to get to where we got so much going on. We can't, you know, try to be as perfect as we uh, like to be. So I don't, we're still, we're still trying to figure out about some new stuff. but
0: So Leading up to the season, you've got the the different products that you push for Mm -hmm. this time of year, heading into the the last part of the season. What are some things that people could be doing right now?
1: So winter stabilizer is our, you know, winter pellet that when guys are coming off of our 20% plus our growth pellets, it's, it's a lower protein. Um, we removed some alfalfa meal and some, and some bean meal and you know, replace that with whole kernel corn to, and it's actually pressed into the pellet to raise the carbs, to give them the carbohydrates they need in the winter. And it's not much more expensive than corn. So, you know, guys are getting on that. And, and what a lot of our fences and just big multi-thousand acre tracks are telling us on that is what's happening is a, an antler being known as a secondary sex characteristic, meaning a buck doesn't care about his antler as much as he does his body. So right. they're saying that they come out of the rut and they're all carrying too many bucks. So the bucks are just all run down and look horrible. But when they've been eating the winter stabilizer, they come out of the rut looking like a beast. So and put, instead of putting all their recovery effort into body growth and then antler growth, they're just putting it all in antler growth, and they're just growing bigger racks. And I mean, I can't prove, you know, that, but it's common sense. Oh, it makes know, sense. That, it makes a lot of common sense. So um, that, well, it's that's like quite, it's like
0: having a head start on absolutely that's other exactly view.
1: what it is. So there's that for this time of year, and then our our Pro 20 um, feed block, which you know we have some guys that try to use it as a food source. I mean it is a twenty percent block that has vitamins and minerals, but I like to use them as an attractant for something that lasts a little longer. Um that's what we try to do with those and push them as and we we have guys that feed them, but you really need, you know just need to be buying pellets when you're trying to feed them. But I mean it's a great food source, but if you're trying to use that in summer, you're just gonna spend way too much money. And then you have your forest draw of course that's for this time of year for as an attractant that stuff pops up everywhere. like, And it's, that, that's a must have. We're getting more and more wildlife biologists that are, that are using it for deer surveys because they're seeing more of their bucks and stuff and, you know, getting some daylight, um, bucks that used to be nocturnal and stuff like that. Um, that's a, that's a really been a good product. And then the, um, the corn spike, of course, is new for this year. That's a, that's an attractive that you just add to your corn for this year. Um, and that's really about it, um, for the winter time. So the 4S draw and
0: I see it pop up, you know, when you just, you're just scrolling Instagram, you're, you're just scrolling stories and whatnot, like it pops up so often. Mm -hmm. What makes it so like without getting into too much of it, what makes it so effective?
1: Well, it's fresh for one you know, back to what we were saying earlier, we like that. Yeah. We work really hard at keeping that fresh. Um, you know, sometimes we end up arguing with some of our distributors and stuff like that. You know, trying to limit volumes and stuff, and it's kind of weird. You know, you 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 spend the first half of your conversation with a a new distributor or something trying to get them to buy, and then when they decide to buy, you spend the second half trying to limit what they buy. So you know, so it doesn't get old, and they're really confused. Like, hey, you mean to buy it or not? You know, make up your mind. Well,
0: but to your credit, honestly, that's where a lot of companies go wrong, and that's why we're even a company at this point because so many people, you know, they, they come out with something that's effective, but when it gets to the point to where they can distribute on a mass level, they start seeing dollar signs and that's when the quality starts being compromised and which is the only reason we exist. So for you guys to be where you are and to still put that kind of thought into it and not, you know, just go with everything that, that, that they're calling for, that's why you guys are doing what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a challenge with that. And I don't, as we grow, I don't really know what kind of, uh, you know, plans we'll put in place to watch out for it, but anyway, we're learning too. I mean, you know, you learn something all the time, just like with hunting. So we're, we're learning different ways to process things and different ways to store things and different, um, rhythms of how people buy or order. So we can plan for those types of things. But we, um, we lose sales all the time based on stuff like that or either guys trying to buy something for the wrong time of year. I mean, my wife says that's one reason we're so successful because we lose so much money, yeah, <laughs> which, hey, sounds, which sounds weird, but I, I just, you know, we have I think that she's be. spot
0: on though. You yeah, know? I mean, like, yeah. If you're going to, yeah. you know, if you, if you're going to be like a, an overnight, you know, success in, you know, you're just very short sighted, that window closes very quickly. But yep. if you're going to stay around if you're going to experience that longevity there has to be some sacrifices and yeah you know, oh yeah it, it's obvious and seeing you know what you guys are doing not only what you guys are doing but the continued success of the people that are using your products and i know uh, a, a buddy of mine you, well hell you know blake davenport he's the one yeah. that turned me on to you guys Time for my favorite part of the podcast, and that's a horny story. Today's horny story comes from Michael Manis from down here in Chatsworth, Georgia. I bought my first bottle from Chatsworth Sporting Goods. The next day, I grabbed my muzzleloader, went to my hunting spot, and put some out. Two hours later, I took my buck with his nose stuck to where I had put it out. I sat a few more hours and watched three more bucks come straight to it. This experience made me a believer in horny deer since. Really appreciate that, Mike and appreciate you giving us a shot. If you're listening and you have a similar story, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to shoot us a note to info at hornydeersense.com. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he But he's somebody yeah. Well he's somebody that the almost lives in the woods this time of year and yeah. touches it all. So when he was telling me I listened, you know, and then, and then in following you guys in seeing the you know season to season just how many people attribute their success to to your products you guys are doing something right
1: yeah i mean i tell a lot of people you know the truth's going to come out i mean our i mean our bread and butter is big giant farms and we'll sell a guy one bag and we love to and we'll spend time talking to them and get them on the right track you know we'll we have big dealers we have small dealers you know a lot of our pellets are, are mainly wholesale direct because you got guys buying 15 or 20 tons at a time, you know, they're not going to pay retail. So a lot of that stuff is more wholesale direct, but you know, when you're dealing with farms like that, which is our main bread and butter far as the tonnage we move, I mean, they're, they're on staff guys. I mean, they're studying cameras, they're dealing with wildlife biologists and nutritionists and the truth's going to come out. You know, we don't, uh, we don't, yeah. I mean, we don't, we're not looking for a one-time sale to anybody. We're looking for that long lasting relationship and that's, that's what we have and that's what keeps our tonnage so high overall and
0: going back to you know the uh talking about the processors being able to physically see a difference in the deer and this is not looking at antler size this is looking at the body fat and health of the animal and you can't like you said you can't you can't run from the results like it is it is or it isn't
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I had a uh, I had a fence one time. They're about 2,000, uh, two two thousand twenty five hundred acres or something, and they said that they measured three and a half inches of back fat on a seems,
0: deer. <laughs> I mean I didn't that, see that it. That sounds so guys, that sounds like my belly. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean I wildlife diet.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I didn't see it, but I mean the guy's a you know good honest guy, but I mean that was that was pretty neat. I mean that is that's something for real. I mean, three and a half inches of back fat on a deer. That I mean, it just, you know, just doesn't make any sense, but I mean, all that's just a, uh, just a testimony to her health and how important it is for overall growth and, and everything you're trying to do, you know? So it's funny that you mentioned that instant because on your website,
0: I was going through some of the testimonials and that was the one that I was going to read. Uh, Hi, really? Oh yeah. It says, and this is from uh, a gentleman named Chuck Oliver. I'm reading off the website now. I said, I switched to 4S pellets made by advanced wildlife solutions. Three years ago. This is the best move I've ever made for my deer herd. Our local processor called me back. So for a processor to call you, that's pretty, let's just be honest. That's, that's not normal. He says our local processor called me back to his shop after dropping off a deer to look at the fat on it. (laughs) The deer had three and a half inches of fat on its back. The quality of the meat is incredible. Uh, that's got to make you feel like a million bucks.
1: Yeah, and you know, that's actually a different one than the one I was talking about. No kidding. Um, yeah, I, I actually think that maybe the one I said a minute ago about three and a half inches, maybe I was confused. That one that I was talking about was either three and a quarter, or, you know, um, three and three quarters something, but around that same uh, amount of fat. But that the one you just read is actually a different guy than the one I was talking about. So that's, that's pretty neat. I hadn't even actually read that one. I didn't. I didn't, um, I didn't know that was on there. <laughs> oh yeah. Chuck, Chuck Pretty Oliver, cool. Chuck, Oli- you yeah. made Chuck Oliver a believer. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool, man. That's nice. <laughs> that, and I could literally just go into every product and, you know, expound on each one individually. Uh, but breaking away from, you know, the, the forest wildlife part of it, let's go back. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk some, some deer stories. So when you, when, and where you're living, it's uh it's damn near for Georgia, the white tail Mecca. Like I, I would say yeah. probably an hour radius of where you guys are, like that whole general
1: area. Absolutely. Yeah, we're Taylor County, Macon County, Dooley County, you know, um, some of these other counties, Peach and Crawford are starting to emerge as big buck counties. But yeah, we're riding the we're riding the heart of a great area for big so, buck.
0: Was it one of those situations where you have a dad that's ushering you into it? How did, how did you come into the, to the world of whitetail
1: hunting? I, probably a lot of it's living here, you know, living on this farm and, and being around all this agriculture and this being a, a hunting village, almost, you know, to, to You probably get I'm, judged if you don't hunt. Don't you? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. People <laughs> think you're weird. You know, what's wrong with that guy? By the way, do you have any land? If you don't, you know, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I had a close friend that was a friend of my my daddy's that, you know, took a lot of time with me. His name was Bob Cochran and he, he took up a lot of time on me hunting and showed me about hunting and it was pretty neat. He actually, uh, took me hunting a lot and it's pretty funny. I started killing some bigger deer than he had ever killed and he hunted <laughs> our farm and he actually mounted my first big deer paid to have it mounted for That's me. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, pre- it was really neat. Um, he was like, man, you don't understand. You know, I, he was, he was proud. You know, I, I took you, showed you and now, Absolutely. now, you know, now you're killing bigger bucks on this same property, you know,
0: grasshopper becoming a teacher type situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was cool, man. So how did that hunt go down? That I was actually, um, I was just walking the field. There was just this area and, and getting off late from the farm or whatever. Didn't have a whole lot of time to hunt. So I was actually on a stalk then and, buck running the doe you know pretty much the end of it and i was so young that i knew it was a big deer but i didn't realize how big until he came to help me and he started freaking out then i got to looking and you know looking at some of his mounts back at his house and stuff like that and that's when i you know really figured out what. going on swelling up a little bit oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah
0: (laughs) this episode of the horny deer sense podcast is brought to you by accufire technologies now, if you're not familiar with AccuFire, you definitely need to check these guys out. They're known for their Noctis V1 HD day and night infrared digital rifle scope. This scope is, is absolutely ridiculous. Probably my favorite part of it is the display. It's not like a traditional scope. It, it almost looks like a mini television screen. But even outside of the day night vision capabilities with the mini SD card, you can record audio and sound directly onto the scope so you can video your hunts that way. You can actually stream that to your phone as well. There's just too much to cover, but you can check these guys out at www.acufiretech.com Well, and there's so many situations like that. It, I've had different people, you know, talk to me about as far as when to go and whatnot. It's just like, you don't know what's going to happen any given time that you're out there.
1: Absolutely. i got some stories for that, but go ahead.
0: Oh well, you and, and I want to hear those, but I've got I've got a deer on my wall right now, which has been a couple of years ago. Um probably 15 minutes here from the house. Uh we had a it was deer in the rut. We'd had this really brutal cold streak. not hunted hard three days straight through all of it, and uh was just absolutely beat, you know, and tired of freezing my ass off. Well, the fourth day i had set my alarm and i actually woke up before my alarm but went downstairs and was just being lazy and didn't go out that morning well you know how it is when you do that you start seeing it get daylight and you're sitting there and you're like god what, what am yeah. i what am i missing you know yeah so i load up and i get out there I, It was probably close to 8 30 or so and where i parked yeah you know, on the back of my jeep uh, you know, I have my clothes and everything that I'm going to change into while well, I park and I'm getting everything squared away. It was cold as hell. I've got, had, you know, put some, uh, like toe warmers in my boots and all. And I start hearing like some pitter patter in the woods, like to my left, you know, and I start listening. I'm like, I think something's getting run in there, you know? So I start walking over to the edge of the woods. There was one little gap that I could see in and I'm trying to get to it. Right. So I'm crossing this, this old logging road right about the time I get to it, to peer in two does bust out of the woods, probably 60 yards in front of him. So immediately I go down to one knee and throw my rifle up right after them. Two bucks come out. One's a smaller one and uh, one that I actually ended up shooting, but I whistled and he stops right in the middle of the road. The other one kept running, but luckily, the good one, the good one. And I shot him and I was out there for a total of maybe 10 minutes after spending three all day sits freezing my ass off for less than 10 minutes and got a deer that I'm going to put on my wall. And it happened so quickly. I forgot about the toasty toes on my toes and almost got third degree burns (laughs) before it was over with. Oh Not not really,
1: but it got hot as hell. Yeah, I mean, it's I know what you mean by those those things like that. I've got a right here in our shop. I've got a giant shed that we found right behind the shop right here you know, on the farm here near my house. And I mean, a, a giant and this was I mean, it's probably been 10 years ago. And back then we didn't run as many cameras because now I've got an insane amount of cameras for all the testing we do because we're, we're constantly testing products. I mean, even even things that we don't even know what we do with, but we're just just information. We're always learning and I'm trying things. And. So um, I keep that here because at that time, although like I said, we were not running a lot of cameras, we did have cameras going, and, and our field or our uh, our farm is a field farm. I mean, we've got just tons of big fields. Sucks for bow hunting, but you can see your deer. Right. But we never had a picture of that deer. Nobody ever killed him. We would have heard about it. None of the neighbors got him. We'd have heard about it. Nobody ever saw him in any of those fields in person. You know, not a picture. So. I keep that shed here to show people, you know, when they come in and you know, of course you talk to them. maybe you've been hunting what you've been seeing and well, I don't have anything on camera right now. So I'm, I hadn't been going. And, and that's when I pulled that thing out. I'm like, well, we didn't have this on camera either,
0: but he was there. No camera <laughs> shots. Nobody put eyes on him and you find this shed,
1: Right. So, I mean, just, you know, oh, I talk to brutal. people. Yeah. I talked to people about not being camera hunters, you know, and, um, it's a big deal. I mean, you just, just have to go you know like you were talking about you just have to be there regardless of what the cameras showing up i mean i've i've got a guy that's got about a hundred cameras it's one of our customers and he um he's convinced that he's got bucks ducking his cameras and he can go put a backup camera up and play the wind, almost like going hunting for where he thinks a big buck he's trying to get a picture of is bedded or where one should be and getting sent free and everything and putting a, a backup camera behind the other camera and having the deer walk and duck the other camera
0: really and, and he's assuming
1: he's been doing it because then he gets a picture of him if he does it that way and I, I don't mean any particular bug but i'm just saying he's done it in the past and and seen it happen and he's convinced that, that that's what's going on interesting um, yeah i mean i've never well i have had one other guy say that but i hadn't heard a lot of people talk about that but it's it's definitely a thing i mean i mean you both know as many people that's killed a deer that they've never seen um happen a lot yeah, I mean it's yeah it's crazy. I uh, mean, of course, you got plenty of them to have history with them, but, but yeah, definitely gotta
0: go. It's kind of the cameras. They're definitely I would definitely put them in the pro box. You know, definitely not a car. Oh one. yeah. Uh, but I I have known uh, a lot of people that maybe don't get as excited about a given hunt or a given sit if they don't have that picture of a target buck on our camera. And don't get me wrong. I love seeing those and it gives you that extra motivation, you know, to, to sit those long days and whatnot. But yeah. like the, the shed that you found, there are some deer that just don't show up on your camera. There's some deer like right now, this, um, uh, the piece of property I primarily hunt uh, pretty, pretty close to the house here. Every year about this time, it's almost like being dealt a hand of cards, you know, at the, (laughs) at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing like three card draw. Like I'll I'll get three bucks, you know, three decent bucks. And then, you know, it's like giving two cards back. I'll lose two of them and then get two new bucks. But you just, you just don't know.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's, it's definitely a it's definitely a thing i've got a new one just showed up um a few days ago you know right here behind the house and then i've got i normally have a few bucks that'll leave right after protein season like right when i quit feeding they'll leave for a week or two and then they'll they'll come back and and normally hang around but i've I've got some of those showing back up now and it drives you nuts so you're sitting here just like you i mean you're in the hunting industry and you want to be hunting but instead you're you know doing your job and you know it, it makes it tough you know i mean it, it's fun living everybody's stores like we said but it's, it's well, tough and your camera's sitting there going off like right now you know one of my or a few of my sale cams are going off right now i mean i hadn't looked at them i got my gopro running right now actually filming <laughs> what we're doing here but so i've got that on my camera but i'm thinking that's probably one of them bucks that um you know we've been looking for and he's out in the daylight now probably
0: it does. It does cut into it a little bit. Like, uh, I was thinking, yeah. So last year was our first year out and, uh, I got to hunt <laughs> a lot more last year than I have this year. So it's almost, uh, you know, you, you want to work in the outdoor industry, but it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse at the same time, but. Oh yeah. It, it levels out at, at some point, but I'm looking forward that, that Thomaston hunt, uh, it's, a. Uh, it's a really nice piece of property. I actually go down there with my father-in-law and he's had a group that's been going down there probably 20, maybe close to 30 some odd years, but it's, it's managed really well and uh, it's one of those, not many people these days get to experience the camaraderie of being around a number of hunters. And, yeah. It's an annual trip where a certain select group of guys go on every year, and it, it might as well be my Christmas, but we'll be, awesome we'll be in, there in a
1: couple of weeks. What, uh, is that? Did you say that's family land or
0: no? So it's funny, I don't, it's not a family that, that I know so much as a family that my father in law was introduced to, if that makes sense. Uh they just call it Fred's. Uh, I don't know, uh, the backstory, how they came about it and whatnot. Uh, the gentleman that they initially, uh, worked out the the hunt with, he since passed on, uh, from everything they talk about, just a, just a hell of a guy. Uh, and it's been managed since then, but it's one of those situations where for three or four days, you know, you're, you're in another world, you know, you, you ain't really worried about anything. Everybody's staying in the same house. Uh, you know, every, everybody's eating together, just that element. And I hear my dad talk about back in the day when they used to go like up to El- uh, land between the lakes up in Kentucky, in Kentucky and the different hunts, they used to bow hunt a lot, but they would take off like three weeks at a time and just, uh, hunt. and that's man, the that's world awesome. I want
1: to live in. Oh yeah, man. That's awesome. And that, that Thomaston area out right there is really neat. You know, I, I know you probably hadn't been in our neck of the woods much, but we're flat land and Thomaston is 30, 35 minutes away and it starts to get real hilly. And you go from there out toward Woodbury, which we hunt out there. some. I've got some customers out there and some friends, but, um, it's real, almost mountainous in that area. I mean, it's not mountains, but it's, it's real, it's There's real different. contour. Oh yeah. So when we leave here and go there, it's, you know, if I go to Woodbury to go hunting. I'm an hour and 10 minutes from the house, but I feel like, you know, I might as well be off in the mountains from <laughs> where, you know, start feeling those
0: calves burning.
1: Yeah. But I mean, same experience, you know, you just enjoy it more and it's just neat. You know, I, I like all that kind of stuff too, man. It's, I love to get together with guys, you know, we normally have a big hunt here at the farm late season to have guys roll in and, um it's it's fun
0: oh there's nothing like it
1: and uh it's
0: one of those i wish everybody new coming into the sport could experience that i just think it would be so good for the sport i know a, a lot of people do uh you know through uh, wma draws and different things like that but the stories that i hear passed down the, I don't know how, but I would like to bring that, that back somehow.
1: It's it seems oh, like yeah. life
0: goes so quickly anymore.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you know, I, there's things that I've missed with all that because I've always been right here on this farm. Like I said, I've never been in a hunting club or anything like that. So I, I've not experienced a lot of what guys really get to experience where you go somewhere for however many days and you're doing nothing but hunting. I mean, I get invited to some cool places. You know, I went out to the E3 and went hunting on a buck commander hunt one time, and uh, Martin Archery invited me on a hunt up in South Carolina this year on a velvet hunt. So when I do stuff like that, I'll I'll get to only hunt for three or four days or two days or whatever. But I I didn't grow up with, you know, days and weeks on end of hanging with boys and and just hunting and doing only hunting. It's always – Run, run, run from yeah. the shop or whatever you do and take off to a deer stand and go to the house and, and do the same thing over and over, you know, again. I mean, not complaining. I love to live oh, yeah. like that. And, and probably other than being busy with this business, you used to get to hunt a lot more than, um, you know, guys that were just a member of some hunting club. But yeah, there's a lot to be said about what you're talking about, you know, just to just do that and nothing but that. So your,
0: your family, you mentioned you got twin daughters, dude, do they enjoy the hunting part of it or how do they feel about that?
1: Yeah, they, um, they do. Um, they, um, they're actually getting into it a little more. They, they started out being into it when they were real young and now they're kind of coming back around to, to, to liking it more. They, um, they probably, What is it,
0: that, that Bible verse raise them up in the way they should go and when they're old, they won't
1: depart from it. Right, back yeah. to it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they both actually want to work in the business. Um, which I'm trying to, you know, they're, they're in college now, so I'm trying to get all that behind us and them before they can do anything like that. But I don't know. I mean, they're, they're great. They're great kids and hard workers, but I told them, I said that, you know, we can afford to pay, one person to do one job you know and if, yeah. if you ever did come up here and the job's not getting done you're gone sorry and that might be everything that we don't need to do this because you know <laughs> hurt some we feelings yes yeah, so i don't know but uh but yeah they're great they they like outdoors um they um they're not die hard hunters as much as you would think they are for where we live but i think part of that is because we've been rolling for probably with this business for I don't know, 11 or 12 years and, and have always been a diehard hunter even before that. So they're probably sick of hearing about deer and, you know, and hunting Uh, everything else because they've lived it, you know, for, for so long. Um, you know, them being 19, I mean, they, since they've been old enough to remember a whole lot, all they remember stuff about deer probably. So, um, Well,
0: and seeing, and honestly seeing, you know, the life that you've been able to build around something that you thoroughly are passionate about and enjoy, that, that is absolutely the reason that we're sitting here. You know, like I just turned 40 this year and, uh, yeah, at some point I don't know the amount of money is not as important so much as the quality of your time in, in this world. I mean, cause it it, it, it hits you someday that it's limited, you know, (laughs) like, there is, there's a very real stopping point in. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. absolutely When we talked about this, like, and I was talking to my wife, like, uh, you know, I know it's a very competitive market, but at the same time I don't want to be laying on my deathbed with regrets or wondering what the hell could have happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, to see what what you've been able to do and actually you know uh, mesh that in with your life that's that's the ultimate like to to say that i can't hunt as much because my hunting or my business that's in the the hunting industry is demanding too much of my time that's kind of badass you know oh yeah it is i, think, I mean it, i want to be like work. bruce is what i'm saying
1: It could be worse. I mean, there ain't no doubt, and and I get invited to some of the coolest places in the country. I just don't always get to go now. But um, turning down the invite is is you know better than not having it at all. I guess absolutely. Well, I'm sorry.
0: There's a different quality of, of people involved in this industry as well. Uh, people associated with the outdoors in general, And, and don't get me wrong, there's always outliers. Any any group of of people, you know, you're gonna have good and bad. So it's not it's not to blanket everybody, but I will say the majority of people that we've connected with since we've been doing this couldn't be more helpful. You know, just genuinely good people.
1: Oh yeah, I agree, man. It's yeah, that that common interest to me is um something that's really nice I guess is, is the best way I can put it because you talk to people that really walk deep into other avenues of of things whatever it is business or hobbies or whatever and sometimes they're just not all groups that all get along but hunter, yeah. it's just great you know we have we have a, a code on our shop sometimes that we give guys that if they're coming in late they need to pick up products we'll let them come in and these guys they all they all give me hell like dude you just gonna let somebody walk in there? like man if somebody will steer deer feed they can have it you know if they're in, if they're in that bad of shape they can have it but but I, I just don't see it happening these guys hunting i mean they're just they're not about that they want to take care of people and do the right thing and i mean sure like you said you got some of these roguish guys but for the most part it's just all a good community of people you know yeah. I mean, there
0: will, there will always be trail cameras that get stolen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There there's always those people that I don't even want to label them opportunistic cause that's a shitty opportunity to walk yeah. on some trip, but you're always going to have the element, but I feel like it's an incredibly small element of I would, and you know, I was about to say true sportsman, but I wouldn't classify them as true sportsmen because I believe if you, if you really fit in that folder, you don't do shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. yep. I agree. So there's always outliers, but as far as just genuinely good people to surround yourself with, uh, yeah, just, I, I have no complaints about anybody that we've touched so far.
1: Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad for, for what you're doing there. I'm glad you're getting into it and you're seeing, I mean, it sounds like you're seeing problems on some of the types of products and trying to fix those and, concerned about the dates and stuff and i i think a lot of what drives you to do that is probably the same thing that drives us is you've been taken care of by people you want to take care of them and do the right thing and right you know you know you were you were talking about running out of time and you know leaving this planet and not worrying about money as much and doing what you like and you know i I think people that do the right thing and and work hard at it and treat people right are always going to make a living you know regardless of what you're doing you know yeah I just, I love to think like that and love to meet people that that also think like that. Yeah.
0: Well, and that really hits the the nail on the head, you know, just that there's a, a very real mindset, you know, and I feel like we're all dealt a different hand from birth. I mean, everybody is born into a different situation. We have no choice but to play the hand that we're dealt. And some people hit that hit that place really early in life. Some people, you know, hit it at twenty. Some people hit it at thirty. Some people hit it, but at some point, everything starts kind of taking shape. I remember when I right. turned thirty-five. You know, like obviously twenty's gone, and there's the yeah you know, reality sets in. Like holy shit, I'm on <laughs> I'm on this. <laughs> yeah. I'm on this, uh, I'm on this sled that has no brakes. Like I'm, I'm going at this point, you know? but at the same point, it hits you. Like the world starts making more sense to you when your values and stuff start aligning with it. And I really felt like right around the age of 35, you know, even given the option to go back to 2025, I wouldn't take it, you know, just the life experience that you
1: have by the time you're that age. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this I just had a discussion with this, with the, one of the guys that does our shirts and hats and stuff, he, you know, he's a customer of ours and he was here this week, I guess it was yesterday, it had to be. But, you know, we were talking about how weird it feels. I'm 45 now and how weird it feels when you tell somebody something that happened 25 years ago. Cause I don't think about myself being 45, <laughs> you know, and you're like, wait a minute, how do I remember something that happened 25 years ago? You know, it's a little
0: surreal, right?
1: Yeah. And then, then you start to think about, it. there ain't been so many you know, 25 years is <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're yeah. going to be here, <laughs> whatever, you know, and it's, they click off that fast. It, it'll make you think about what you're doing. And and I guess I'm a little bit hypocritical because I work so much, but it's, you got to sit back and think about it and enjoy life. Cause you ain't here long.
0: Oh, you're not. And uh it, it's funny when you start, like, even when you, when you start talking about dates, like the year 1990, it feels like it was a few years ago. I, uh, it doesn't seem like no time ago Sid Bream was, you know, rounding third base, <laughs> sliding in home. And then here we are 2020. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, th- I think it kind of slaps you and it's like, at some point you just, you, you really want to get a, a grip on what time that you've got left.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's, um, that's something we've been working toward. I mean, that's, we're staying so wrapped up. We're trying to figure out ways to make things easier you know, to, to be able to enjoy things more. I mean, I enjoy my job. Don't, don't get me wrong, but oh hell yeah! you know, we're, we'd like to get it to where it's even more enjoyable and, and, and try to simplify life more and more. I mean, glad for the business we have and the, and being busy, but we're trying to figure out ways to help produce more time for other activities, hunting, whatever. Yeah. Man.
0: You got to have the balance.
1: Yep. So, yep. and I was a little
0: late to the game as far as, In reading your uh, brochure and stuff, it really spoke to me because it it, it talks about how so many people drop so much money on gear and equipment and all this, it's kind kind of irrelevant if you're not hunting the deer that you want to hunt. Yeah. I mean,
1: like, Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you, I know exactly what you mean about that. I mean, I, but I never
0: really thought about it until I started reading it. Like you you can, yeah. you can have $10,000 worth of gear and have, you know, the biggest buck on your property be a, a one twenty and you're not going to be happy with that.
1: No, so I mean, it's, it's funny I mean, coming it was, in
0: and actually investing on the front end and building your herd up to the quality of deer that you want to hunt the quality of deer that's going to make you excited. The quality of deer that's going to make it hard to go to sleep at night, and easy to wake up in the that's morning. Delicious. For somebody similar to myself, because I'm relatively late to the game in all of this, just in you know, really putting focus into a property. So for somebody that has saw the Instagram post, has saw any you know number of successful hunts, and people referencing your products. Coming into 2021, if somebody listening is interested in taking more control of the property that they're managing, where do you start day one in leading up to the 2021 season?
1: Um, you know, if you're not a guy that has any kind of feeders and when I say feeders, I don't mean like spin cast feeders, but troughs or gravity feeders to feed pellets, you know, you'll, you'll want to get those placed pretty quick. I know people don't want to put those in the woods during the season unless they have some spots that they just don't hunt because most of those feeders they're going to look at them like they're a ufo for a little while i mean it's just foreign you know if you're introducing a, a new type of feed to them that's that's strange to them too for a minute but you know getting those things started and have them used to them by january mid-january um so you can start feeding you know high nutrition the 20 percent pellet from january till about september you know um basically antler drop a hard one so getting those troughs in place in january or, or in place where they're used to them by january and getting your mineral sites out um you know maybe you have old sites you're refreshing or creating new sites but getting that done so that's being pumped into them and and these summer plots i mean you know getting summer plots going if you're're if you're a guy that has time to do that or food plots in place or equipment to do it it's just such a such an important piece to that puzzle um you know we get such a late frost here you can plant these summer crops and and, and have dedicated plots and i, I try to actually a, a podcast I was telling you about, I did, I was, I was talking about that having dedicated summer plots and dedicated fall plots. Cause you know, one thing we see happening is you've got these beautiful soybeans or iron and clay peas or sun hemp, nominee, whatever you have for your summer crops. And they're all beautiful cause we get such a late frost and such a right. late cold. You, you got to go in there and kill them to plant your fall stuff. So you, <laughs> yeah. You're clearing the plate there for two or three weeks while that stuff's coming So you're talking out. about
0: two separate parcels of the property dedicated to two different times of the year, essentially.
1: Right. Like, like having your summer plots dedicated to summer plots only. Gotcha. And basically have your, your lock owns or whatever, stands you're hunting on those plots. And then when the frost kills them, move on to your fall crops that are already in place or already planted. You never clear the plate, you know. You've got your summer stuff still in place and that. Now, of course, you need to. You got to double your your food plot acres because you're basically taking half of it out. Now, true, you could come back and plant your summer crops with fall stuff late, late season for that stress period, you know, in January, February, and March. But you don't have to. But it that's a real neat, real neat key. And I've seen guys not even have dedicated um, separate plots. Like some of mine, it's just a giant food plot, and half of it's for summer and half of it's for fall. And, you know, there might be a lock on on both of them. And once your fall stuff dries up, you just, you know, move to your fall stuff. Gotcha. And that's a real neat thing. Cause it, as long as you don't get, you know, booger them up a lot in there, you've always got a place there that they consider a food source. And that's always been a, been a neat thing to try to get people to do. And it works great, but that, those are the main things for the, you know, going into that season. That's I not,
0: I mean, it's incredibly helpful, but I don't think anybody listening, uh, would view that as incredibly daunting. Like it doesn't sound like you're doing anything crazy to set yourself no. up for
1: success. No, I mean, you just ended up Yeah. I mean, I, you know, if you're a guy that has plenty of food plots already, you know, the ratio, you know, if you're working with three to 5% food plot acres, you know, true, you're going to cut them in half by doing this, but a lot of these guys have more food plots or fallow fields that they could put in the food, you know, food plot program. And it's, it's really neat. I mean, I've I've got I've got soybeans right now chest high. Oh wow. Well. You know, you know there's got beans on them, still some green leaves. And had I went and planted those a week or two ago, three weeks ago or whatever, I mean it you know, it would have been it would have sucked. I mean, right. you know, I still got deer just smashing those things. Um so that that's one of my dedicated plots that I just leave in a summer crop and then move on to all the fall stuff that's already planted, you know. So I never I never clear the plate and it makes a big difference. Gotcha.
0: Now that's incredibly helpful, and we're we've gone. I'm going to hold you a little while longer. Uh,
1: I'm good. I'm
0: about done with you, but I did want to let you talk about the research and the ways that you test your products before you actually bring them to market. Because a lot of people. I say a lot of a lot of companies. You know, once they get a, a you know trademark a catchy name, aka a Horny Deer Sense, they <laughs> they go straight to market. Not, really. but the amount of uh, research and everything that you guys put into your products. You know, honestly, I think that's what separates you from most. You know, until you're completely comfortable with something, you keep it close to to your chest. But if you wouldn't mind before we break off, just kind of talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm, I am horrible about that. I mean, all the testing and stuff, I mean, I've, I've got to be more convinced about a product than probably anybody's ever been convinced about <laughs> anything before we, before we move forward. I mean, for one, hey. I don't want to, you know, for one, I don't want to spend the time or, or further time and, and money and investment. And I definitely don't want to give anybody products that are, you know, A, giving them something they don't need that they wasted money on and B, you know, getting a bad slash on your, on your record. Right. We're Um, out there with you. Yeah. So, um, so we do a lot of testing. I mean, there's, there's stuff I'm testing that I don't even know why I'm testing. Just learning, (laughs) you know, learning about something, you know, what about this? What about that? Um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy what I do there. So, you know, I start out here on our farm with a small, um, you know small camera survey and then then we'll move on to local customers and all that have big giant tracks you know some fence farms some free range farms and then then we start getting up with partners and friends all over the country and sending out stuff and doing tests that way and and i test for all seasons um you know make sure everything's right for every season because there's different things that deer require during different types of months during the growth you know growth period that they won't eat you know at certain times of the year so like our 20% protein right now. I mean, it's so powerful, impactful of uh, high nutrition, they won't hardly eat our 20% pellet this time of year. You know, so if you had a product that was all jacked up with all that uh, nutritional um, components, you wouldn't be as attractive if you were trying to make an attractant out of it, you know. So we, we test for all the seasons um, and doing all that and different ideas that we come up with just based on the knowledge of, of doing this stuff for so long and research and researching stuff and all the testing. And of course, then you get into all the legal stuff with all your packaging and all that kind of stuff. And man, that's a nightmare, Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. man. There's so much to do and to know. And but there's
0: and to your point, you know, before we stepped in to this side of the industry, there's and we're not nowhere near the scale of what you guys are doing or what you guys put out, but when you talk about so many little things like there's so much behind the scenes that people just aren't privy to, you know, they they see the bag and they see the product, but as far as from point A to point B, it's, it's, it's a bit of an ass whip, let's be honest. Oh my
1: Lord. That's horrible. I mean, there's guys that just think, Oh, you come up with a product, you throw in the bag, you're off to the races, you know, and man, it's horrible. I mean, there's so much involved in it. I mean, I don't, I have I have friends of mine or or, or business uh, contacts or whatever that still don't understand why you can't just okay you got a product take <laughs> off with it you know oh man you don't need, I mean it's yes. it's years of yes. mistakes, you know? I mean it's and then you're gonna have some kind of mistake I mean there's no telling I mean I don't know how many thousands and thousands of dollars deep we are in printing plates that had to be changed because of some little something you know I spent oh. I spent right at twenty grand one year on plates because certain states needed an address that was on the bag in a different place
0: Oh, you know,
1: like, yeah i mean it's like come on man. i didn't you know i didn't think to research that you know I'd busy researching products not stuff that i don't think matters you know right it's, it's
0: tough man it's you you remember those um we've, we've had a couple of those <laughs> yeah like, you just because and the old adage about assuming you know and uh, it's it's tough though because there's so many little things like that, that it's not like you're dodging that duty so much as you just, you're not aware. It doesn't seem like something that you'd have to pay attention to. Um, Absolutely. I'll say from everything that we've used, we've been just incredibly pleased with uh, everything that we've touched. And when you agreed to come on to the podcast, I was really excited about it. Uh, You know, you seem like a great guy. Don't get me wrong, but just seeing the reputation that your products have and seeing just the number of people that connect their success to what you're doing. Uh, you know, that, that's something that, uh, really excited me to be able to talk about cause you, getting to experience that side of it, getting to be part of people's success. You really can't put a dollar value on that. Yeah. You know? I just think it's really, really cool.
1: I know what you mean. Uh, uh, we get approached from people all the time about stuff like that. You know, man, you must, you know, love what you do. And man, it's so nice. And I'm like, man, you have no idea, you know, working in something like this. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, even the hard days, you just have to think. And, and I'm sure you have them and we will have them. And you just got to think it could be a lot worse, you know. Oh, even when you're doing yeah. something that you do not want to do inside a business that you love, you know, it could be so much worse. And it'll, it'll put that smile right back on your face, you know.
0: Well, hey, I'm going to be uh, reaching out. Any, any, when those times come and let you talk me off cliffs, So, uh, just be ready yeah. for that phone call.
1: <laughs> do it man. Do it. I've had to do it several times, believe it or not. So, uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've lived it all through this thing so far, and I'm sure we got some smooth and rocky roads yet to come. So, uh, we'll, uh, I'll hold your hand if you'll hold mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good note to end on Bruce. <laughs> I'm
0: brother uh if there's ever anything we can do you know all you got to do is ask man
1: i appreciate it brother good luck with everything and thank you so much for having us on and anything we can do for you just let us know
0: absolutely well good luck this season we'll catch up soon bye buddy thank you yes sir thanks so much for listening i know you had to have enjoyed getting to know bruce swearingen a little bit If you want to check out some of their products, you can find them at www.4swildlife.com. And that's the number four, the letter S, wildlife.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.